0: Hey guys, welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we dive deep into the word and consider our habits and commonalities that keep us from holding a higher standard and living a life that reflects the life of Jesus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast. My name is Miguel, joined by... Gene. And um, today we have a very special guest with us. Um, as we continue our occupation series, we have Nicole Hopkins here. Um, and Nicole, real quick, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there.
1: Sure. Well, my name's Nicole. I grew up in Oklahoma. I love Tulsa so much so that if I get you a gift, it's probably going to be a mug with a Tulsa map on it. Um, I went to Oral Roberts University and um, really involved in the community. I love this place that I grew up in, um, serve on a few different wards like the Tulsa Ballet and the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. And most recently, I'm working as the director of business development at Dewberry, which is a national architecture and engineering firm. It's a great company. And then I own a corporate gifting company that's almost two years old called Blossom Box.
0: I'm sorry. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Cause I want to hit on one thing real quick. So you mentioned Dewberry, correct? Architects. Did I say that right?
2: Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: So this is for everyone who would like to know, maybe you don't care at all. It's August 27th, which is the first uh, Friday of high school football. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys worked on the union high school football stadium.
1: We did. And it is much more than a stadium. Like it is state of the art under the stadium. There is a training room that you will not find another one like um, in a high school in the state of Oklahoma. So oh they definitely have the best right now.
0: That's amazing. So, I, I mean, not only are we just thankful for the fact that you're here, but thank you for missing a Friday night of high school football to be with us. Cause uh-huh. That's a huge deal here in Oklahoma.
1: Most of my coworkers are there. Some of them have been yeah. there since like afternoon time today. So it's a pretty big deal for the union district.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Well, then we'll, we'll, we'll go quick, Ben. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you can get there. Um, but, and Nicole, I just want to mention just for those who are wondering, you know, how I know who you are, how you became a, a friend of higher standard, um, is I was very fortunate to go on a missions trip with your younger sister, Kristen, um, who's just, if you don't know, Kristen Hopkins, she's one of the best people that I've ever met. Um, one of just firm believer and somebody who's really challenged me in my leadership and in my faith. And, um, but also you're, you're a mutual friend of uh, myself and my brother, Josh. And, um, so it was really cool becoming uh co-leaders with Kristen and then Josh seeing her last name and, and letting me know like oh I think I know her older sister and then I think I ran into you somewhere I, I can't remember mm-hmm. where but and then you're like I think you're my sister's co-leader and I was like yep. yeah yeah I think I, you're Nicole and, and so um just of course we all I think we all like to joke in Tulsa's a small it's a small world here in Tulsa and everybody knows everybody and we're all getting connected so um I just wanted to throw that in there so that's kind of a little shout out to Kristen and um and but to yeah Josh. yeah exactly and into Josh and maybe we'll get to have him um or Kristen on here sometime too and I don't know we can do like a big sibling thing or something because she's <laughs> fa- she's family too
3: <laughs> hey, you gotta add me in there somewhere I
0: guess. <laughs> exactly that um but so we're, we're starting the series about occupation and you're a first guest. So, I mean, you get to be really the first person to kind of give us a little bit of um, perspective here because um, Sheen and I, both of us being recent postgrads, we understand that we don't have all the knowledge when it comes to um, being a believer in the workplace or, or continuing your walk um, and the challenges that may come. Um, we also don't know what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. Yeah. Um, so I actually would like to start there. Um, so just not as a believer, but as a woman in the workplace, what are some challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis or that you've seen before that you've had to kind of overcome?
1: So I would say there are a lot of different buckets. One, um, that just happened today was when it comes to compensation in the workforce, it's just common knowledge. It's research and data-backed that there is a pay gap for women in the workforce and that that pay gap is even worse for women of color. And so that's been a huge thing for me. I actually didn't negotiate a salary and I'm talking like I didn't even go in and telling them where I wanted to start at until the job that I'm currently in. And so what I realized through the years was that. I wasn't making what I was worth, kind of before I took the role that I'm in now. I had been talking with a recruiter, and the recruiter was like, "Nicole, what are you doing? Like you're worth x amount of dollars on the market, and I just had no idea because you already don't talk about money in the workplace for the most part, and especially with women, there are just less of you. so I would say the competi- compensation piece is part of it, um and then there are different things for me, especially as a christian um A lot of times I'm the only woman in the room and I think some of my reality is just, I have to live to a different standard than anyone else in the room. You know, I can't stay after a meeting talking to a man with a wedding ring outside of that, outside in the lobby for 20 minutes, right? Like there is, I'm not going to go out when everyone else is at a conference. This is one of the most frequent things we go to a lot of conferences and I love them. Afterwards, at a lot of conferences, people are out at dinner and they're out drinking and business is happening. For me, you're just never going to catch me out at one of those. When I'm done, I'm headed to my room and I'm on FaceTime with my niece just because I know I'm representing not just myself, but Christ in those settings. Mm -hmm. And as a young woman, especially as a young single woman, it just opens up way too much that could be questioned. Where a lot of my male counterparts, I love them, but they don't have. That same, they can go out no matter how old they are, married or unmarried,
2: and they're going to fit in with the group. So, wow. Damn. So, how do you? I, I guess, especially. Well, you're you're a woman, so you know, as a woman, how do you really
3: determine your value in the workplace? And especially, like, depending on what you do. But in general, I guess, as a person, you know, how do you really? Determine like what your value is and how you put that on the table.
1: Yeah, so um part of it for me is I have really good mentors, like C suite mentors who I meet with, some of them on a monthly basis, some of them more so quarterly. And a lot of what I'm doing with them is talking about what their journey was. But then they're running organizations. They're C suite people who are hiring people like me. And I have a lot of conversations of what would you pay me? What, how would I increase kind of, what would it look like? And I found where I add the most value and part of why I'm a business developer, business development is sales, but where I can really add value into a team is helping develop other leaders on a team. Hmm. So part of that is, um, I determine my value by if I'm working with a coworker and my job is to help them do a little more sales, They may be great at what they do technically, but we need to work on getting to a sales point. Yes. How I measure my success is, well, how many of them did I help take up a step in confidence? Or how Mm -hmm. many of them did I help take a risk to maybe take on a community role or a position? So a lot of how I measure myself is based on the impact I have on those around me. But also as a business developer, I am absolutely 100% measured by sales. So Mm there is a number. It's something I love about it. You just look and see, what do I help contribute to bringing in? What am I being paid? Does it make sense? And am I happy?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Does that motivate you, honestly, to continue to meet that oh, standard?
1: Yeah. Even that's my number one thing in the workplace. My job is not to, like just to help develop leaders around me. That's part of it. But that financial piece absolutely motivates me because I don't think money is a bad thing. Money mm-hmm. is how I support my family exactly, and money is how I pay to feed a bunch of students on a Tuesday night in a program, and mm. so that's one of those things I love it. I love the ability work hard, make more sounds great. if I don't want to make more, I just won't work harder.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow and. Um, a key thing where I, I do I definitely want to hear about this is that so you mentioned um volunteer work just now. And how vital would you or would you say that volunteer work for anybody who wants to be successful or somebody who is working and they're maybe they have a goal um or they have responsibilities would you say that it is vital to find some time or some way to be able to do some kind of volunteer work?
1: Yeah. And I'd say for a lot of reasons, I know for me, I don't like who I am when I'm not like for me, my passion point is students. Mm -hmm. I love working with students who are from non-traditional homes and who are facing different things in life that I didn't face and that Mm -hmm. they just shouldn't have to situations that suck. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not spending time with them, I'm a different person. I'm like a little bougier and I'm a little more selfish and I'm a little more entitled in my business world. And I notice in myself, well, I've been away a month. I'm a different person. I'm less grounded. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important. Um, I would also say I'll tell you a short story. So I yeah. met with someone about a year ago, and this person was my hero. They carry a lot of influence. Um, both financially and from an authority position, specifically over education and young people. And when I was meeting with this person, I was so excited because I thought, oh, we're going to connect so much. This is going to be my best mentor yet. This person, um, like they are paving the way. And in the process of meeting with them, the advice they gave me was that I would have to be a little less hands-on as I grow in my leadership roles in our community. Mm -hmm. And as I was sharing stories of some students, because I had these solutions in mind, this person said to me, I never thought of some of that. It sounds like you have some really hands-on experience. And I walked out of that meeting and I'll never forget it. I sat in my car and I just wept for days because I thought, oh my gosh, like it's this disconnect. It's what my nonprofit friends are always telling me that their boards might not understand what's really going on with the people they impact, but Mm -hmm. they're the ones who make the decisions that impact that. And this meeting I had with this person just reminded and solidified in me, I can never go that route. If I say I care about the students, like I say, I care about them. I can never be someone who's just making decisions, putting it on my resume, looking Mm -hmm. good on LinkedIn, maybe popping up in a media article for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the chances are, if more and more of that is happening, I'm probably less and less connected to the actual people I'm trying to do life
2: with. Right.
0: (laughs) That's powerful. We could have ended right there (laughs) and and been totally fine. Um, Because that is just, I I think for most people who listen to this podcast, they listen for a reason. Um, And that is something that I think we can all probably take home. Mm -hmm. is yeah I have goals I want to be successful I want to follow the Lord's plan and whatever's been spoken over you whatever you think you're going to be doing in the future it's this great and, and, and grand plan that that's awesome but as you mentioned there without being grounded without having those things without being in that area and not just governing that area, you're not going to have a real understanding and that's not a route that you want to go.
1: And I don't think, I will say, I don't think people have bad hearts and that they mean to do yes. it. like I well, have continually been given this advice and of you might need to distance yourself some. You know, mm-hmm. you're in that season of life now where you are the board member. mm mm-hmm. And it's from like people I love and I believe in and I look up to, but I think that it, we've just kind of bought this lie in our world mm-hmm. that authority and influence on that leadership level is what makes a difference mm-hmm. but it's really in the day to day relationships there, and so I don't think i just, like I don't look at people and think, "Oh man." that's fake. Like what you're doing, you know, I just yeah. look and I think, man, they bought it. They bought this lie that having the leadership role is more important than actually being with the people.
0: Exactly. So,
1: but it, then it's a flip though. Cause it's like, if you're not ever in those leadership roles, I think of, um, a specific position I was in and that position, uh, determined the salaries and the benefits of the staff members. Hmm. And I remember sitting in a room and, hearing a lot of reasons why we shouldn't provide health benefits it would cost the organization more down the road it was risky Mm -hmm. but i just couldn't help but think every single one of us sitting at this table have health benefits at our company we have Mm -hmm. insurance benefits like and if i'm not in that room too then that executive director and her kids are never going to get those benefits Mm -hmm. so it is a switch like it's you do kind of have to be in both places, but I don't think it can just be a one or the other. But one or the other is better than none.
2: Right. Yeah. That's huge. And
0: for you, so you're not only working with with Dewberry, but as you mentioned, you have your own company. And how do you and also you're you're raising your niece at the same time, is that correct?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you've got that plus volunteering. What keeps you, or, or what keeps you going with all those things? Or what's the motivation that you have to be able to do all four of those things, if not more? Because I know you, I know you're involved in
2: mm-hmm. a
0: lot of different things here in, in the city of Tulsa and, and beyond. Um, so how are you able to to manage those things as you continue through life?
1: Yeah. So I think like I wake up every day and I cannot shake the fact that one day I'm going to die like we get 365 days in a year and i've found what's worth it. I've found that people are worth it. I've beat down the door of almost every nonprofit in town trying to get a job there and for whatever reason when i'm in the marketplace doors i don't even knock on open. Mm. And so i have just kind of decided that i'm where i am on purpose. Yeah. And I do not want to get to the end of my life like so many older people that I talk to and think, wow, I missed it. So I go hard every day and sometimes I'm physically tired and um, a lot of people tell me rest more or do this more. But for me, truly, if I'm not doing what I was created to do, which I feel like is impact people and relationships through the marketplace mm-hmm. and impact the next generation, then I missed it that day. So it doesn't matter how much Netflix I watched, if I went to a spa, got my nails done, whatever it is, I want to come back at the end of the day and think, if this was my last, I gave it all I got.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Powerful. How how long did it take for you to
3: get to that place, you know, mentally?
1: So I really, I think it happened when I was a student at Oral Roberts University, because mm. basically... I'll never forget it. I went to the Laura Dester home, which was a shelter for children who had basically been taken by the department of human services um, for abuse in the short term. And the first night I went, there was a little boy there who had been hit in the face with a crowbar. And I had been like, I grew up doing pageants. I went to ORU on the dance team. And that night it was like, everything changed. And I finally found, what was worth giving time to. What was worth giving time to was someone who was suffering. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of when it started and going through that program just really instilled this why in me of what's worth it. People are worth it. Like and that it hasn't been something I've been able to separate myself from. And I've tried, like I have gone through seasons. Um I had a year long season where I wasn't teaching in a classroom with students. And I I don't think teaching students is it for everyone, but for me, like I was created to believe in young people and it's a big part of that. Like there is, sometimes I would tell myself, Oh, someone else will do it. If I don't, then I watched for a year and no one did it. Mm -hmm. And the students I had been working with were like truly just kind of left. And so I think it's, like just things like that. I've just consistently made this choice
2: for years that this is what's worth it. And if you do something long enough, it just becomes a part of who you are. Wow. Yeah. Um, a sim- similar topic. Um,
0: cause I don't want to, I don't want to take us too far, but as somebody like many of us, you, you have a job, you have something that you're doing daily, um, But media shows us a lot of the current events, world Mm -hmm. tragedies that that happen in quite literally right now. We're watching a a crisis and something terrible happening in Afghanistan, or maybe you're somebody who's seeing something happen in your own backyard. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who says, or a, a young believer who is just battling with, seeing so many things happening at once um, in trying to continue their life as well because they know that they have to put food on the table. You know, they're paying off their loans and they know that they can't necessarily just jump ship, go overseas or or do everything, but there's so much hurt that's happening in the world. Um, I know it's kind of a loaded question, uh, but if you you can, if that's something that you want to answer, what would you say to somebody like myself who does Does struggle struggle to see those things things some days and think, Lord, I just wish that I could be here and everywhere at at once. I I just wish that I could help out in some way.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, So the first thing I would say is I deal with that too. And I cry and pray a lot. Like Hmm. when I was reading the Afghanistan news, I was driving to work and I just like, that's where I was at. It was like just tears and praying. And I don't think that's a bad place to be. Um, Mm. I think if you're just consuming this stuff and it's not like moving you to a place to pray, Mm. or like for me, if I'm crying, it means I'm definitely like feeling and my heart is for something.
2: Mm. I don't think
1: that's a bad thing. I don't think we were meant to live without that. I think a lot of the people who I have the most respect for deal with suffering every day. Um, But I will also say, what I've chosen to do is uh, do, for one, what I wish I could do for everyone, which mm-hmm. that's an Andy Stanley quote. I live by it every day. day. Um, for me, what it looks like is I'm constantly overwhelmed with the needs of students and mm-hmm. I am just one person. And yeah. there are a lot of days where I feel like, man, I am failing. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm trying to do my jobs and these students are texting me that they need this and my niece needs this, and I just can't do it all. And so in those moments, I'll just say, what can I do for one though? And I've just kind of had to become okay with the fact that maybe I can just do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. And I apply that to business as well. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll look at my leads list and the number of people that I have on it that I need to reach out to, and I'll just say, oh, you know, today, maybe it's not worth it. This is a lot of work. There's no way I can get all, through all this, but then I'll just pick one and see what I can do for
2: the one. Hmm. That's good. So.
0: Thank you for for answering that, because uh, again, uh, that is something that no matter how old you are or how young you are, believer, even non-believer, that, uh, that's something that I think most people struggle with, yeah. And, well, um, and
1: I think, yeah, like I really think that I have so many things I think about. Like I think about domestic violence in the Middle East almost every day, and mm-hmm. my actions aren't doing anything for that, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like God has been very intentional with my life. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I met Kujenga Jackson at the Zone, and for whatever reason, it's worked out. Even in my role at Dewberry while I was working at Newberry getting paid to do my job, I was able to help him write um, about $500,000 worth of grants. He got to build an outdoor wow. classroom. Love it. But I'm saying That's like, good. for whatever reason, God has like made all these ways where it makes sense for me to be a part of that program. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that I'm not thinking about these women who are being abused in the Middle East every day.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: right now in this season of life, I've accepted this is where I'm in the sphere of influence I'm given, and I have this passion in my heart. What I've seen God do with passions in my heart is bring them to fruition, just maybe years down the road.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Can you uh, elaborate
3: for some people that may not know what the zone is? Can exactly. you tell us a little bit about who who they are um,
1: and yep. you know so, they? The Zone is an after school program in Northwest Tulsa, and I have worked with them since 2015. I mainly worked in their high school program, teaching college and career, but really just doing life. The students like they went through hard things. I went through hard things. We would pull the car over when I was driving them home on multiple different occasions where I'm praying for them or they would stop and pray for me. Hmm. Um, so that's a lot of the first group of students I had starting in seventh and eighth grade have all graduated over the past year. And so now what I'm doing with them is running a program called the bridge in the evenings, which is for kindergarten through junior high right now. And it is just a night where kids get to be kids. They come, we feed them for dinner and we let them go wild for an hour and a half. (laughs) They want to run, they want to yell, they want to scream. All the things that I would tell my niece to like, please don't do that at home. They get to do their all safe, all like fun. But um, so that's kind of what my role is. But then they're offering after school program and uh, good after school program. Like they have data to back up every single thing they'll ever ask for a funding dollar for um, and are very good at what they do. They do life with the families in the program any day of the week you'll have kids and families walking into the zone just from the neighborhood. Um,
2: So that's kind of a, kind of what they do. Awesome.
0: And then so we, so we hit on the zone and we talked a little bit about Dewberry, but can you also let us know a little bit about Blossom Box and how that idea came about?
1: So I have always wanted to be an owner. One of the number one dreams that drives me in my life is that I wanna be an employer. I have had the best employers in the world that have absolutely transformed my life. And I really don't think like there's anything better you can do than to like manage people, especially because our jobs impact our livelihoods. So Hmm. someone's ability to feed their family is dependent on their employer. The attitude which someone takes home to their family Dependent on their employer. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: I had been praying for uh, five years, praying, journaling, asking God, please give me a business idea. Like I just need one. And ideally, I want a business idea that I can employ some of my students in because what I've started to see with students is oh, they're getting to high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're working to help support their families.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, now they're dropping out of high school. So what if I could pay them more than the minimum wage? What if I could double that, cut in half the amount of time that they work?
2: Mm-hmm. and
1: then they can stay in school still meet their family needs their siblings needs financially and right. so one day i was out shopping as a business developer for gifts because that's um in one of my previous business development roles the company took really good care of their clients and there was one day specifically i had just been sent one of the largest cases i'd ever been sent so i wanted to send this person a great thank you gift i called their executive assistant and she immediately told me that this person had just started chemo and i just spent hours that day going to every boutique looking around like what do you get someone who is going through chemo
2: Hmm.
1: Um, and i thought a lot about my sister who had spent about a year of her life in the hospital in the children's hospital here on the oncology floor Uh, when i was in college she was in high school and i just thought like there's nothing like what can you get her blankets it might be cold some chapstick something unscented some lotion that doesn't have fragrances in it uh, but then also the reality was that was I just spent four hours of my work day looking for one gift which is not the productivity that makes the most sense for mm-hmm. your sales goals uh, so after that I basically just the idea kind of came and I realized whoa this could be what if I could send gifts that made people feel seen and known because that's what you do when a gift comes, whether you're a business professional, even if it's a little bit of a generic gift, when something comes and it's got a handwritten note in it, which all of our gifts do, you feel like someone saw you and you mattered, even if it's just for a short time. So it was like, whoa, I want to be in the marketplace. I want to do something that matters warehouse fulfillment of gifts is something that could easily work with students and it works on a flexible schedule. Like it's not an eight to five type position. It could be in evenings, weekends. Hmm. Um, and also there's this market need. And I know it exists because as a business developer, I didn't find someone who did this gifting need that I had. So it kind of started out of that. I started with an e-commerce website, which I still have that has some gifts that are pre-made um, for like, if someone's going through grief, or if someone's sick. Um, so it has those on the website, but it's really evolved into a lot of corporate gifting as well. So we do things like we'll run internal sales incentive platforms for companies. So what that could look like is, okay, you have a couple hundred sales reps. Every month we give gifts to the top X amount of producers. Well, at Blossom Box, what we do is we'll create an internal website, we'll update the gifts monthly, your people will, will order it. We will fulfill those gifts and we'll take the note from whoever is the executive. They'll type out whatever they want us to send. We'll handwrite that, put it in the box, brand it for their company, send it out.
2: Oh, wow. So we
1: do a lot of that. We do a lot of event-based gifting, just kind of whatever is the gifting need we do.
0: <laughs> that's, incredible. Beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's an amazing idea.
1: It's fun. I think it's like, um, I just think how many businesses are there in the world? Like whenever I write notes um, to this day, I haven't let anyone else handwrite the notes in the boxes. I think Kristen might've done a couple, actually. I want to take that. My sister (laughs) might've done a few, but for the most part, specifically the orders that come off the website, I have written every single note. And even though that would be the easiest thing to pass off, it will be the last thing that I pass off because With every note I write, I get to see that humanity is good. I get to see, like, this person just lost someone, especially during COVID. There's been a lot of that. And I'm getting to see this heartfelt note. And I'm in tears as I'm wrapping this box. And I'm thinking, like, wow, this matters. I know that it matters.
2: This is confirmation that it matters. Hmm. That is incredible. (laughs) Uh, That is just... It's it's not something that you hear every day.
0: Um, and just hearing somebody getting to communicate and hearing the joy and getting to communicate the worth in what they do. I think f- for me, at least, that's something that drives me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is wanting to do something, no matter how big or how small, but wanting to do something that is basically just bigger than yourself and so I can only imagine how that makes you feel when you're going through those notes when you get to read those uh, when a box is being shipped that it's so much more that like it's not just a gift box this is one of the purest forms of communication that somebody can send to somebody else and there's so much heart in all of that so thank you for thank you for having a company that just communicates so much worth and that so many people are just able to be blessed by I mean that is again that is huge and Um, we
1: don't so I will say a lot of people when I bring it up they think that like kind of like we're a mom-and-pop
2: shop of gifting
1: and I think that's just because we think if it's meaningful it can't be it's not a certain level of business right but it's awesome like we work with fortune 500 companies Mm -hmm. I work with executives who work for companies that are based out of New York City and have offices all over and so that's something I would just say if anyone's listening to this and challenge the idea of like just because it's meaningful doesn't mean it can't also be profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite people, oh. we're talking about women in business. I love Sarah Blakely. I'm obsessed with Spanx. If you don't know, Spanx are like these tights that women wear under dresses and suits that smooth you out. Oh. And basically, <laughs> that might sound whatever. Um, yeah, Sarah good. is a billionaire. She is the most, she's created a fund that gives back specifically oh. to women entrepreneurs throughout oh. COVID. Amazing. But what I like about her business is. Um, uh, the why behind her business is to help make women feel like they look their best. And I'm gonna be honest, when I put on Spanx with one of my outfits, I think, wow, that was a needed improvement. There are sometimes clothes <laughs> that are see-through that are no longer see-through when you have Spanx on under them. Like, so that's an entirely different business model. That's something hmm. that you're directly buying. But there's a reason why women around the world are in love with the message of Spanx and mm-hmm. in love with who Sarah is as a business owner. She's known for treating her staff well, for taking care of friends and family, for mm. being generous and giving back to the community.
2: So. I didn't even know that, so. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, like I, I knew, knew about
3: Spanx, Spanx but you know, I didn't know the, the yeah. meaning or the purpose behind it. And so, so, I mean, it's always refreshing to hear stuff like that, but it's like a beautiful thing. Like even with your business and honestly everything that you do in general, like
0: that you have your hand over
3: or that you have a hand in it's cool to see how uh, the Lord has given you the authority and and like pushed you and edged you to, to uh, really have an impact wherever and whatever you're doing and on so many people. And uh, I think that's something that like in a lot of businesses we miss because it's just so much like, Oh, this is a corporate world. This is—it's just business. Just worry about business, and that's it. And so it doesn't matter how you get the job done; just get it done. But I mean, we're all people, and even in the business world, we're people. So our emotions, our feelings, things that we go through, uh, mental health, all this other stuff that we keep talking about—you know—even with athletes and stuff like that—those things matter. So it's really cool to see that there are people in the community that are still. Have that type of mentality um, and are still led by the Lord and
2: are obedient to the call. So,
0: well, Nicole, again, just thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today. Honestly, uh, this has been. Uh, I think I think we said something along the lines of or when we talked in private, just, you know, this would exceed expectations and for the guests that we have lined up. And this was nothing short of that. This exceeded expectations. And I'm just so grateful to be able to learn from somebody mm-hmm. who has experienced but overcome. Right. And thank you for communicating to us that we don't need to just you know stay stuck where we are or just be content with this is what it is and, and we're just going to stay stuck there and just live by default um and continuing in the mold and the design that god has called you to yeah um But, of course, we're not just going to end there. We do have uh, one question in particular as we try to have a little bit more fun with each episode now, uh, starting with our last one that was a uh, a NBA question just about point guards, and uh, it was – I had fun. I thought it was cool. It was was a good one, Which, which a lot
3: of people, they thought I was serious about the players that I chose. I, I was not serious, serious at all whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many, many people like DMing me, like, like yo, you, you got to switch, switch that lineup. Like, <laughs> something's wrong with you. Are you, are you crazy? crazy? I was like, you like man, chill.
0: Even <laughs> I got flack and I did not pick for you. Right. So at least that clarifies things for those who are listening now that Sheen was not being serious. And we'd right. be like, we just like to have fun. Yeah. But Nicole, we are going to start with you. Um, and I believe we already know the answer, but we're going to ask anyway. Is so you have your own late night talk show. Uh, who do you invite as your first guest, and why?
1: So I'm actually changing my answer. Oh. I would 150% invite my niece because she is six and she is fabulous. <laughs> and we have a rule where I've started if I'm going to be in a magazine or if I'm going to have press for something she comes with me. So there are there some times go. where it's like, okay, you're standing on stage getting an award where physically she's not in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knows that that's a deal her and I have together. I let her start her own little gift line at blossom called give, give, which it's mm-hmm. basically kids boxes oh, wow. Um, wow. that wow. we sell to people who love to support my niece. And then she'll donate them back just to different organizations. So I'd bring her on. She'd feel like a star, and she'd probably be like Ellen. Cute people would like her.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, even though it's not a competition, you might have won that <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Yeah. if people were voting for who has the best answer. <laughs> Sheena, I'll, I'll let I'll let you go ahead and um, follow that up. <laughs> uh, something that's messed up. If
3: you
2: first of all, <laughs> <laughs> uh.
3: I'm going to go with the sweet answer. I'm going to say my girlfriend. So. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, wow. That's
0: that's a good answer. Yeah.
1: Good luck, Miguel.
0: <laughs> um I am not going to go with family or friends and I would have to Wait, you didn't say why. Um, oh, uh honestly, honestly cuz she's you know I don't say this often to her because she gets a big
3: mean, head when when I tell something. her <laughs>
0: She'll, She'll love, love this, this podcast, podcast though, but, but uh,
3: anyway, she's, she's actually, actually really funny, and, and I mean, we we'll we'll always have, have a good time when we're together, together so I, I think, think she would add like a lot to the show, give a lot, lot of information, show, but so also some funny content.
0: Stuff. So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I, I guess I, I have a girlfriend too, I'll say she can Aww. have the <laughs> consolation, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I'm going to be, I believe in honesty as well. So I wouldn't, I would probably have, Oh man, one of the Russell's either Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook. I I think I, I think I would have Russell Wilson um, just because he's uh, not, not just, not just because he's a strong believer, but he's somebody who just has um, such a, a competitive mindset and mentality, but, it seems to have a healthy one. Uh, I would just, I would love to have him on, and we can joke. And assuming that he has this sense of humor, I'm sure that there's a laugh yeah. or two for the audience. Um, because I get, I mean, you guys are probably going to get some laughs with your with your guests. I don't know if oh, I get that sure. with Russell Wilson. Maybe say maybe it's Russell Westbrook. I think we get more laughs with him. But yeah. well,
1: with Russell Wilson, you get Sierra
0: though. So Ooh, that is true. That's, that's true. a That's yeah. true. Maybe they come together. So that's a two for one. Okay. All right. I mean, we didn't put any rules or restrictions. So that's Okay. There we go. All right. Well, sweet. I don't think I won that, but um <laughs> There's no way either one of us can No, <laughs> there's no topping no that. Um, but Nicole, thank you so much again for uh for being on with us. Um I, I did want to ask for our listeners, is there a appropriate way where they can kind of follow up um with you and just to see what you're up to or is, is there like social media that you would rather someone reach yeah out?
1: so uh my email is Nicole at blossombox.com and on Instagram it's at blossombox. Uh, okay. but if like I am all about mentorship. So if you're in a position right now, especially if you're a young woman, if you're a mm. young man, I will connect you to someone. Uh, but where you're just like, man, I'm struggling. I don't know how to connect. Like, I wasn't from a family that had connections from a blue collar, rural, hardworking family. I knew no one as far as it goes as finding a professional mentor. So, if you're someone like that, even if you're not in Tulsa, I probably know someone somewhere else that I'll connect you to. So, you can connect with me, Nicole Blossom Box. That's my email. Or just reach out to me, ask Miguel, ask Sheen. I'm happy to help with anything I can.
0: Excellent. Excellent. That, that's great. Um, sweet. Again, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you all for listening. Um, this was just such a powerful start to the series and just look forward to how we continue here and for our next few guests. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for the time and the wisdom that you've shared. Uh, we will not be taking this for granted at all and we just we appreciate you and your family and all that you're doing not just not just in Tulsa but in every area of influence that you're in in just around the country around the world Um, thank you for being a friend of higher standard
1: thank you guys
0: thank you everybody have a safe week day Um, if you're listening in your car please be careful. Don't do anything that would put you at risk or getting you, get you into an accident. Uh, all right. Signing off. Thank you guys. Peace.